care of business Driving late at night Psycho 78 12 o'clock Don't be late I said all this horror business My mirrors are black for you You don't go in the back It started, I guess Alright, so here we go Greetings and salutations. My name is Justin Lore. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you're listening to another... Another episode is hard business. I got, you no, went, I got you, nothing. You <laughs> went from being excited to I, being like bummed out. Well, I, or I didn't have any, anything clever to say about it because, you know... Let's say another... <coughs> another invadingly good... Another out-of-this-world episode. Another invasively good? Another invasively good. The first of many invasively good episodes... Ugh, based Harvard. upon the movies we watched for this, uh, Invasive is probably problematic. It is. And you're probably like, oh, what movies did you guys watch? And I'm going to tell you right now, we are dealing with 1980s Without Warning mm-hmm. and 1983's Extra. Sure. Both movies I've wanted to see for a long time and talk about. Without Warning starring uh, Jack Palance. Martin Lando. Martin Lando. And most importantly, David fucking Caruso. David fucking caruso and of course extra starring british people yeah starring people who's when you click them their names are all like highlighted on wikipedia and when you click it they're like oh this guy's a british actor best known for being in extra and i'm like that's nothing why is your name fucking linked (laughs) those people are like broadway actors or not broadway but whatever british do we have a wikipedia yet har business yeah no but we should yeah why don't you get on that motherfucker i don't know how to do that i don't i don't mess with wikipedia Surely there's some listener out there who might be willing. Uh, I don't think Clint Kanopka is a listener, but he, <laughs> in hi- in, not in high school, but I believe it was an early, when we were in college, he edited Easton's Wikipedia to include uh, us as notable residents. I appreciate that. Which was pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, before we get going any further, I just want to say thank you to Chris Reject and LVAC for sponsoring us. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've... Good work on that. Yeah, I, yeah, see, I, see? I am the worst person to ask to do a sponsorship, but here's the reality. I used to work at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, mm-hmm. and I know for sure that even though they are fun and uh, good-natured and easy to work with, mm-hmm. they are also amazingly professional. They are, yes. Uh, Chris, while not being straight edge, which I, I will point out every chance I get, sure. Um, he is, say what, say, say, say what you will about the man. And I will say lots about him. <laughs> he is extremely professional and he knows how to get stuff done. Um, they have a they have what's known as the trash ink special where they take all their leftover ink and it forms this pleasant looking gray color and they'll do like, it's like 50 shirts for, they, it's like a reduced price because they use this ink. Sure. Um, you can check them out at uh, www.xlvacx.com. Chris Rejects not straight edge. Chris is not straight edge. There are straight edge people that work for Chris. Chris is not a member of the order though. I just... It's fine. You should order. Sh- you don't. He doesn't need to be straight edge for you to order shirts okay. there. Okay, you're it's taking sh- it too far. But we, <laughs> you're going. To, I'm not saying that's but, you. That's not me. But we. But it, there are X's in the website. So there I are X's in the website. I don't know if Chris is a turncoat. I don't think he is. Oh my god. That's not important. What's important is that you should go check his stuff out, and we greatly appreciate all the work he has done for us. Uh, yeah. Uh, he could also check out his record label, Square of Opposition mm-hmm. Records, of which I have put out a record on. You did not. Yes, I did. 
What was your what what did you put? What was me and uh Brad Hogarth, who works for him, our sure. band years ago. We were in a band called Cold Lake December. Oh, you told me about this. Yeah. Sure. Did, did we t- talk about this on the show before though? No, I don't believe so. Okay. Absolute grade worship. We did a split with a band called Defiant Trespass. We put out a split seven inch on like Square Bop. What what's amusing about this is I'm pretty sure ninety percent of our audience you say a split seven inch and they are, Oh yeah, sure. But what I'm amused by is the 10% who right now are going, wait, you mean like a, like a, like a record, like a vinyl, like record. a, like a vinyl. I know about vinyls. I I heard that hipsters like you guys like yeah, vinyls, which is, I, I deal with that every day at work. People are like, you know, vinyls coming back. And I'm like, that's what they tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you aren't a record guy though. You don't, you don't No, I'm not. But I mean, I do work at a, I, I, I work at a, an establishment that has a record store attached to it. So sure. I deal with people all the time. Like, you know, people like my parents age were like, you guys got a station to station. I'm like, yeah, you know, vinyls are coming back. All right. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I've been very nice about it, but you you know what my Twitter's like. It's a weird... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a weird community of people who don't consider themselves... In my mind, they're all part of this like community that I've created through Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't talk to each other and don't want to. And when they do, it's like problematic. Like <laughs> I'll retweet someone and someone who doesn't know that person's like, oh, that's bullshit. Or they get, you know, yeah, I'm yeah, always yeah. causing fights that way. But uh, one of the things I've I've had to be on my best behavior not to make fun of is a number of friends who I love. They're great people, but they're more movie people than music people. Yeah, yeah. They're just now, like now, rediscovering vinyl, mm. which is weird because a lot of movie guys were already on the vinyl tip because of the resurgence of soundtracks. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We're getting new editions of soundtracks, re-releases of soundtracks, whatever, whatever. Um, friend of the show, future guest Michael Burdan, mm-hmm. uh, wrote a very good article about how it's weird to pay... 40 some dollars for reissue when you can get the original for a quarter but still it's a cool yeah thing yeah yeah in some ways but it's interesting to see the ones who are just now are getting into it because it's like this new world is opening up for them you know yeah i mean it's definitely i i, I think it's it's kind of like it's people like reclaiming their glory days or in a lot of the times that people i deal with it's like they can be hip again they're sure, like they're sure. al- they, they think they're already ahead of the curve and it's like you're not they already feel pretty cool yeah 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 um, okay, so that's enough. Just, uh, I guess in a roundabout way, thanks, Chris Reject. You can check him out. XLVACX.com. Um, square of Opposition. Square of Opposition.com. <laughs> they're all over. They're on Facebook somewhere. Liam, have you done anything horror related other than watching these movies with me? Well, as you know, I had a child. You so did have a child. Since the last time we recorded, I now have a, have a young daughter, Maeve. Mm-hmm. Maeve Patricia Tyndall O'Donnell, and uh, I guess that was horror related. There was a lot of blood involved, so I guess it's, that's... yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind of in my head. Every birthing scene is like John Hurt dying an alien. That's <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's what that's what it's like for me. It, it was a C-section, so uh, that's, it's it's a little more similar than the other, yeah the other way. I've the, never you can tell I've never seen. I have a very bad understanding of how birth of the female anatomy and how how birth works. <laughs> oh my God. I'm not very. It was. <clears throat> You know, with a C-section, it's not quite the... I, I, I don't know about you, the listener, but I've watched birthing videos before as part of educational things. Yeah. It's, you know, there's something glorious and something horrifying about it, but it's it's more beautiful than horrifying in my mind. I'll, with, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, no, it really is. Uh, with a C-section, you don't get to see, and I think that's good. I think one of the new ideas I have is that they you should be able to see, like they're going to have like clear the option of like a clear curtain so you can watch, but that's more like surgery to me in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Still, you know, you get the baby, she's beautiful, you immediately, like your bio, even if 
she was the worst child ever at least at that moment you're just like i love you and i, I will kill like what do i need to do do i need oh to, yeah yeah do i need to kill this nurse right now is she, <laughs> make, is she making you cry because i'll murder her yeah that's a thing i need to do so so all that's beautiful so that's kind of hindered my horror intake as far as going to the theaters or going to events with with a new i mean i i don't buy into the whole like once you're a parent your life is over which you're like too many people like this is the number one comment again like oh you just had a baby all right see you in 18 years every time someone says that i'm like yeah fuck you yeah jesus it's not like that come on um but that being said at least for this first three weeks i can't really go to theater however you know at this point in Maeve's development, she really just sleeps, eats, and poops. Like, that's all there is. So there's actually been, especially while I was briefly, I don't get much paternity leave, but for the little bit I get, there was a lot more time to watch some movies. So yeah, I'm yeah. trying to catch up on some stuff. Um, and so I recently watched, even though I told you I'd wait for you, but I didn't, I watched The Girl with All the Gifts. You fucking asshole. I wanted to wait, but guess what? Like, you took too long. You never come over to watch it with me. You could have... You lead a busy life, and I'm just sitting here twiddling my thumbs, waiting. Like, maybe, if you would have texted maybe me, maybe Justin will. If have, you would have texted me, maybe, hey, what are you doing? I'd have been like, I'm laying in bed in a black depression. Maybe Laura. What do you want to do? Maybe, You're like, come watch the movie. I'd maybe like, Laura will have time for me today. That's what I say each day. I go. Maybe today's. The I'm day. making a fist, and I'm 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 fucking livid beyond words right now. <laughs> the cap- capability for speech has eluded me. That's how great my anger is. I mean, to be clear. uh, when it comes to watching anything, my wife takes precedence and she wanted to watch it, so we watched it. But uh, but I would, I, I do think, I afterwards I thought, oh, I should have texted Justin. Yeah, yeah, maybe, you think? Whatever, man. We can watch it. Okay. I have it. Do you want to go see Get Out? I do, actually. Okay, because that comes out this week. And uh, and Suze doesn't want to go see it. So, so we're, we're going to go see it. Okay, we're going to go see it, All man. right. I didn't realize how jealous you were of my wife. How jealous of your wife? I'm just saying, <laughs> I wanted to see the girl with all the gifts or whatever it's called. Well, we'll watch it. Okay. So here's the thing about it. It's really good. Okay. I think it's, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's it's based off a novel, and I think it's like a like a young adult novel. Like it's not even like um, like an adult novel. Yeah, it's it's like... Um, like a teen book, maybe? Is that it's, right? It, it's similar how Fox is doing the, I think it's a television series on The Passage. You ever read The Passage by Justin no, Cronin? No, no. Great series. It's, there's three books. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, that's probably, I'll talk about that when I when I get around to it, but... Yeah, is the I don't know if the girl with all the gifts is a series or just a one-off book. It seems like it's a standalone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless, Glenn Close is in it. She's great. <sighs> I'm not even gonna pretend to know this guy's name. The point is, is that the young girl in the film. That, I mean, all the performances I think are fine. Yeah, no yeah. one really stands out, stands out, but they they all suffice. The girl, the young lady who plays, she um, has all the gifts. Well, so do you know where that comes from? I do not. Uh, uh, Cassandra. Okay. Or is it Cassandra? The Greek? Yep. Okay. So her name, at least in the movie, they claim that her name means the girl with all the gifts. And she does have all the gifts in the form of awful things, but then at the bottom of the box is, is hope. Right? Okay. Isn't that Cassandra? I'm not very well versed in... Uh, or is Cassandra the sky is falling? No, that was Chicken Little. Oh, Jesus Christ. I thought Cassandra was the one who was sacrificed to. No, you're right. You're right. Who's the with the book with the with the box with all the Pandora? Awful Pandora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then her name means the girl with all the gifts. Okay, yeah, yeah. Anyways, the point being is that uh, in this sort of futuristic world, uh, not futuristic, post-apocalyptic world, there's been a zombie outbreak. They're not 
in true sort of 28 late, days later fashion, they're not zombie zombies. They're sick people. Um, unlike a 28 days later, it's not a virus. It's like a fungal infection. Okay. So like uh, The Last of Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't refer to them as zombies. They call them uh, hungries. Oh, cool. Because as soon as you get infected, you just attack. There's no like, even in 28 days later, there's a sense in which you kind of die or you get sick or, you know. There's like 30 seconds before you. Sure. Well, so yeah. this is 30 seconds too, but yeah, it, it's the same thing. Like you just start biting. Like literally okay. like the, the turn is so creepy because it starts in their jaw. It almost looks like the person starts to like work their jaw a little bit and then they look at you and they just open their mouth. Like they're just like, ah, like, like they're that intense on biting you. Um, so uh, you're at a facility. They have a bunch of children. They don't let the children do anything. They're all strapped up and the children seem fine, intelligent, normal. But then if you spit, and the, the child smells your like natural odors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts to freak out and wants to bite you. But when they don't smell you, they rub this stuff on so you can't smell them. They're fine. So uh, you find out later why that is. I won't ruin it for everyone. Okay. But they're sort of like almost like a, a hybrid version, basically. Uh, and so this base falls and these people go out into the world. And this one girl who's very charming and very sweet ends up with them. And they some of them want to like protect her and some of them don't trust her. But now they're out in the world and they have to survive. So what are they going to do? And uh, it's really good. And the actress who plays the young woman, whose name I should have looked up before this, she's unbelievable. Like, I can't wait to see what else she does. Like, cool. She's really good. I think, um, like, a lot of these sorts of movies, uh, when you're writing a book, there's probably a part where the action dies down and there's time for backstories and development, whatever. And then when you make the movie, there's just a smushy section in the middle where things don't quite yeah, 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 yeah. have the same sort of tension or action or whatever. That's how I felt about it. So it would be like a four and a half star for me. It it probably should only be a three star for me in the sense of like it had some moments that were not. But she's so charming and then the ending is great. And I don't know if it's great necessarily cinematically. Like I don't think they directed it better or anything like that. I just think the way that story works itself out is so good cool. that it made me love the whole thing. See, I'm a big fan of like these zombie, in the, in the recent years there's been these like zombie movies where it's not like, you know, the Romero, you know, civilization is like collapsed entirely. Yeah, yeah. I liked... Um, this one it has, but it's, it, it's so far, you're basically brought into it, if I'm doing the math right, I think like a decade. Okay. It's been happening for so a decade. Did you see Maggie? It's on my to watch list. I haven't watched that it. Was I it. heard it was good. It's it, uh, Technically, I'm going to say it's Schwarzenegger's best movie. <sighs> technically. I mean, it's uh, from a technical viewpoint. It's not like The Terminator, which is his best movie. Okay. I'm saying from like an acting viewpoint. <laughs> also, you have a Terminator shirt on right now. I am wearing a shirt that has Schwarzenegger holding a dumbbell and it says, come with me if you want to lift. <laughs> It's an invitation. I like to lift weights. I like the term. I like Terminator. It's cool. Um, no, but I mean that's a similar movie in which like there's been like a zombie outbreak, but it's like it's kind of like yeah. barely under control, and it's just sort of more of like this thing of like I imagine it's like what living in the Midwest and there being like tornadoes is like. Like there's always sure. this threat and it's always there, but it's like you know what to do if it, there's an outbreak. So I'm kind of fascinated by like that that aspect. See, of it. this is a little bit more like um, why are we even still bothering? Okay, like we've basically already lost. So why are we kind of doing this? Gotcha. A little bit. And what's interesting about it is these are there's this fungus and it's not clear. They don't say that the fungus is extraterrestrial or whatever, but the mm. fungus is what's causing it. And when they get to a part of London where the outbreak has happened for longer, 
you see that the fungus has a second stage in which the people die and the plant grows out of their bodies. Oh, that is like The Last of Us then, the video game. Oh, is it? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that, that, it, uh, I mean, I'm not a big video game person, but a lot of my friends are. When that game came out, they were like, you got to fucking play this game, man. You got to play this game. It's great. And uh, there were screen. It was the same thing. It's like a fungus that causes people to like come back. Yeah. And like when you, when they find people who've been infected for like months and years, they don't even look like people. They look like, I guess like the. F I was gonna use, make another video game reference, but it's gonna probably go over the flood from Halo. If you ever play Halo, <sighs> there are two video games I played <laughs> in my life. I'm not a video game person at all. I, I'm just messing with yeah. you. Yeah. So, um, other than that, I don't know if you would consider it horror, but I also. Uh, in advance of a, a very good episode of Cinepunks that we're about to record where we talk about Ken Russell films, I rewatched The Devils. Okay. Have you ever seen The Devils? If not. <clears throat> I don't know if it qualifies as horror, but it... it, it. Tell me who's in The Devils. <sighs> oh. <laughs> one mister. Oliver Reed. Oliver Reed. I love Oliver Reed so much. I mean, there's other people in it. Vanessa Redgrave is in it. It's Oliver Reed's in it. That's all that matters. <laughs> Oliver Reed is certainly the sexiest human being in the movie. Yes, in Oliver Reed, yo, Oliver Reed. That's all you got to say. He's amazing. I mean, he is beautiful. God damn it! I just can't help myself. He's just such a man. He really is. He's like a born Hellraiser. Like. <laughs> and that's in the. That's who he is in the movie. He's basically like too much of a man for the priest. Of course. Of course, you can't hold that man down. I'm, I'm, I'm being a little sexist. He it's, rejects it's not just that. There's, there's a lot of, there's negative things to his character too. He's, he, he is a, a creature of his time. But there's a sense in which the movie is really about um, how he wants more life. He wants to be more alive, and everyone else kind of wants more control and, in a sense, more death. I don't know. It's, it's funny because when I first watched it, all I could think about was it. I wouldn't say theologically, but from that sort of church mindset, like what is this movie actually saying about faith or about yeah. rewatching it? All I could think about was the Trump administration and about power and about the way that the public is manipulated. And I didn't think about much about theology or church or anything at all okay. or faith or however you want to put that. Um, I wouldn't say that there's much actual like theology, theology in it, but there is like thoughts about the nature of faith and, <clears throat> what it means to be someone who believes in something. But um, on rewatch, all I can think about was all the, there's a lot of politics in the movie, a lot of power struggle, a lot of manipulating the peasants and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's great. It's, all that's making it sound very intellectual. There's also a lot of nude nuns humping crucifixes. So <laughs> if you're into that. If that's your thing, yeah. If you're a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, curing women of possession, which is like awful torture, really. Yeah, yeah, that's um, all that, that's, it's 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 unbelievable and uh, uh, on the other hand though if it's uh, again it's like if with certain kinds of exploitation films if you are going to watch something that is taking stuff and really pushing it to its edge why not let it have some meaning behind it like it's not a message film but ken russell's like telling a story for a reason yeah yeah there's a point so i don't know so rewatching it was really amazing because i i guess i was worried the that the first time i watched it i was just impressed by how ridiculous it is and like even some people i know who've watched it didn't like it because they wanted it to be more ridiculous hmm. i mean there's a lot of crazy you know woman like humping things. i mean i can only imagine what a movie about oliver reed feeling restrained 
and breaking those restraints is about. Oh, I mean, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, this is it's loosely, very loosely based off historical figures, but the idea is like, um, you know, it's just, it's sort of during the um, Protestant Catholic conflicts in France. Okay. The French crown doesn't quite have control of all the cities. The cities are somewhat independent. And so the governor of one of these cities passes away and he kind of leaves Oliver Reed's priest character vaguely in charge. Great idea. Now, Oliver Reed is a great order. Mm-hmm. He's much loved, but he's super hot. And there's lots of rumors in the city that he's not a very good priest in the sense of how he treats women. And then you find out that that's quite true. It's very true. He has a bevy of women. Would you go Would you go as far as saying his carnal appetite knows no boundaries? It's pretty bad, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. so and you kind of get the idea that he is—he uh, has some virtues, but he's kind of an asshole. This is sort of the picture you get of him. It's Oliver but Reed. Me- he's just playing himself. Mean- <laughs> meanwhile, the Catholic Church is sort of weaseling its way into the crown. Okay, and the bishop, uh, who's again based off a historical figure, all he wants is to murder Huguenots. Like that's all he wants in the world is just dead Protestants. That's yeah. what he wants. And so he wants to at this town where Oliver Reed is. It's suspected that there are Protestants there. Which is not unfair, but it's one of the few towns in all of France at the time where there hasn't, no war has spilled out there. Protestants, Catholics haven't been killing each other. Okay. And that was because of this governor who was very good friends with the king and so that he was sort of kept the peace. So um, these Catholic folks show up, they're going to tear down the walls. They're like, the walls of this city are an affront to the king. So we're going to rip this down and then we're going to come in and kill all the Huguenots and you're just going to do that because we're going to do that. And so Oliver Reed's no fool. He's like, look. No, of course not. Look, I'll let you do that when you have an actual thing from the king saying you can do that. Oh, we don't have it. Oh, then whatever. So as soon as he defies them, they're like, we got to fucking get this guy. Um, Meanwhile, in the town, there's a convent and the head of the convent is played by Vanessa Redgrave. It's a woman with a hump back and she is sexually fixed on Oliver Reed. And, I and, don't blame her. And she really wants him to come be their spiritual leader because she's sort of conflating. <laughs> Quote, unquote, spiritual leader. I mean, a lot of her meditations about the suffering of Christ become her like fantasizing about Christ touching her and then fantasizing about Oliver Reed touching her. And yeah. it becomes a... The, it's a natural progression. You start to get this whole thing that she's fixated on him because of repressed sexuality and whatever, whatever. Meanwhile, he's politically in a tough place because he's opposing these Catholics okay. as, as a priest, but you know, he's a Jesuit, so they don't trust him. Mm. But, um, I'm getting, I'm getting too much into it. The point is, is that because of politics, they encourage this nun to accuse him of stuff. They have some stuff against him. He impregnated a dude's daughter, um, but they can't prove it was him. Um, he's done some other sort of nefarious things around town, but most of them are like not really that bad. Uh, but then, so what happens is he actually falls for a woman. And they get married because he's like, look, I just keep sleeping around because I, you know, can't give up sex. So why don't we do this in an honorable way and I'll marry you and then it'll be okay. So he marries this woman. So marrying the woman gives them, when they find out about this, that gives them the pretext to like go in and start investigating. Okay. Really what they're doing is just torturing these nuns till they admit that crazy stuff happened. And then, and at at a certain moment they basically say like, look, you're going to accuse him of doing all this crazy stuff or we're going to murder you. So the nuns just go, nuts with it they start like humping everything and ripping the clothes and they can do anything they want because they just claim oliver reed's priest character is doing it yeah yeah he's he's showing up to me as a spirit and i did the witch's thing and all the rational people in town who are like this is fucked up they all get accused of being sorcerers too and it you know on and on and on so, yeah yeah anyways 
I think I kind of just ruined the movie. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I mean, it's. I it's, mean, uh, more stuff than it happens, but it's really just about Oliver Reed for me. That's I, I'm just kidding. No, it's that you're not kidding. You're you're te- you're one hundred percent. That you've never been less kidding about anything in your entire life. Hey, hey, Justin, what's up? Have you done any horror stuff? I have. Um, I uh, like I said, I I started. Um, I briefly mentioned before that that how Fox is doing. They're optioning the passage for like a TV series. Um, I started reading the last book in that trilogy. I finally got around to it. I've been meaning to around Christmas time. If you're unfamiliar with Justin Cronin's The Passage, it's basically like a uh, Imagine Stephen King's The Stand meets Richard Matheson's I Am Legend. Okay, sure. It's like that. It takes place like a hundred years. It goes back and forth between like present day and a hundred years in the future. And it's just about like a sort of vampire vampire apocalypse <coughs> and people dealing with it. I kind of like a vampire apocalypse. That sounds cool. It's very cool, yeah. But um, yeah, it's there, there have been two books so far. They've both been amazing. And I started the third and it's definitely awesome. Uh... So yeah, Justin Cronin, The Passage Trilogy. Um, I also watched Abattoir. You t- I thought you already talked about this. Did you I, know okay, that? I watched it one night when I was like sort of tired. No, you, but you didn't talk about this on the last episode. No, 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 no. I, 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 I started to watch it, couldn't, I was just like sort of like tired, so I wasn't, I found myself, I couldn't pay attention, so I was like, you know what, sure. I'm gonna, so I rewatched it, definitely have a better impression of it, still not as great as everyone made it out to be. Yeah, it did get a certain amount of hype. And I didn't feel like it lived up to all of that. And the the problem with it is that it had this really great premise, mm-hmm. um, which if you don't know the premise, it's like this woman, she's like an investigative journalist. She finds that there's, over the past like 60 or 70 years, there's been this real estate mogul who's been buying houses, properties where like horrible murders and suicides and accidents have been happening. And he buys the property and then he takes out the part of the property where the accident happened and then resells it. And then he turns out he's like putting together the quote unquote ultimate haunted house. That's a really cool premise. Like that's enough to get me hooked to watch it. But the problem is, is that it doesn't, they don't really build upon it. Like there's sort of like some event horizon shit going on. Like, okay, I've been to the fires of hell and I've come back, but I didn't come back alone and I must do this. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I didn't hate it, but it definitely didn't live up to the hype at all. Sure. Um, I don't know. It was just like for, 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 for everything that people were saying about that movie. And for as long as I've been looking forward to seeing it, uh, I was kind of, kind of let down by it. That's a shame. It happens. Yeah, we showed it at um, Bruce Campbell Horror Film Fest. Yeah, but it was yet another one that I couldn't. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't yeah. get away to watch. But it, it had some positive. I mean, some people said they they thought it was alright. But I mean, I think the biggest problem was that there was no real characters that I felt like any. Like there were no characters who were like you felt invested in at all, and a lot of their choices were like absolutely inexplicable. Um, I don't know. It it just it just wasn't like it, it like for for a movie that had such a cool premise I think it relied too heavily on just having that premise and then didn't really bother fleshing it out or, or doing anything, doing anything all that interesting with it mm. and that's all that's all I've really done with a uh, horror related stuff um, I do want to say real quick before we get onto the meat and potatoes of this uh, that the Mahoning Drive-in Cinema have announced their zombie fest three lineup yeah tell us about that so on may 26th it's at the mahoning drive-in uh theater in you know lehigh and pa we are big fans of it uh may 26th to may 28th it's zombie fest and the movies they are showing 
Uh, on May 26th, it is Night of the Comet, Rabid, Invasion of the Flesh Hunters. And then on Saturday, it's uh, Sam Raimi's Evil Dead trilogy. I don't, I'm not going to tell you what those movies are. You should know. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday, it's Creepshow, Land of the Dead, and Raiders of the Living Dead, which I've never heard before. No, me neither. Uh, I don't care much to see Readers of the Living Dead, but um, it's a uh, ten dollars per person. Um, I think is that ten dollars per day. If that's ten dollars for if it's ten dollars per day, that's still a great deal. But if that's ten dollars for three days, that's an amazing deal. Um, you guys should definitely go to that. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, I haven't been to any of these zombie fest movies yet. That's I went to one night, not last year, the year before. I went to one night. Okay, I went and saw Demons. That was pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you get a chance, if you live in the area, you should go check that out. Uh, I mean, it's worth traveling for. Yeah. I think. May tw- it's, it's very, I mean, we love the Mahoning Drive-In. It's, it's definitely very, uh, it's 35 millimeter. It feels like you're at a 70s, like Grindhouse Drive-In. It's awesome. Um, it's way out in the middle of nowhere. Um, they do a lot of cool stuff. Like they had their Bigfoot weekend and they had a guy dressed as Bigfoot walking around. It's kind of unsettling, a little scary. You liked it. I liked it. I stood. My, I stayed in my car though, and I was like, "This dude fucking jumps in my car. I'm gonna freak the fuck out." <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you guys should you guys should go check that out. Oh, we should also mention the Exhume thing next weekend. Oh, is that the? Uh, or is that this weekend? That's next weekend. The you mean the Empire Pictures? Yes. Is that the 25th? I think that's this weekend. That's yeah. this weekend. Yeah, it's uh, this weekend at the uh, International House in Philadelphia. It's Trancers. Uh, ghoulies, ghoulies, and the Dungeon Master. The dungeon Master, Transfers Ghoulies, and the Dungeon Master. International House this Sunday. I think that's Saturday. When the worst. I'm the worst person in the history of the world. I think so. And um, yes, all 35 millimeter, and uh, also they'll have tickets on sale at that event for X Fest, which mm-hmm. is their big exploitation thing that they do um, in May. And I've been a few times to X-Fest, and it's a lot of fun. So, uh, sorry, I'm just double-checking. Yeah, that's on Saturday. The The triple feature, the Empire Pictures triple feature, is on Saturday at uh, 7.30 p.m. Cool. You guys should go check that out, too. Philadelphia. All right. So, you want to take a break real quick, and then we're going to jump into our first, our first picture of this episode? Yes, sir. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about 1980s. Without warning. The hunting season has begun. But the hunter isn't human. Only the prey are. It came without warning. Like nothing on this earth. Our friends are dead. Beyond any known terror. Oh, that horrible creature. Come on, come on. You're escaping me. Because when it leaves this planet, no one may be left alive. Look, I'm warning you. When they start eating on you, don't come to me for help. <laughs> Baby! He came down here to the spot. He wants to get himself a few trophies. You know what? Right now, you and me, we are the prize game. The hunter. The hunted. That was no tree. The 
thing that preys on human fear and feeds on human flesh. From deepest space it came, and now man is the endangered species. It came without warning, and now it's coming for you. Freddy Krueger here, a.k.a. Robert England, and you're listening to Horror Business. All right, and we're back. We're back. We are back without warning. Without. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's just explain. This whole episode came from Justin really wanting to do something about evil, violent angry aliens yeah. basically um for those of you who don't know justin has a weird alien fetish it's not thing. weird it's not a fetish he just is so afraid of them it, you know we got some commentary from people on the episode where he admitted that just the very existence of sharks fucks with him like just knowing that there are sharks <laughs> is a thing and a lot of people pointed out oh that's crazy and irrational and weird and i'm like Ugh. If you think sharks are an issue, wait till you hear about aliens. Wait till you hear my man talk about aliens. We are going to do an episode. Oh, my God. Uh, we have... Okay. So, I have a, a few episodes planned coming up on aliens. Three at the moment. That's it. No, not three at the moment. Three. Done. That's it. You... But this is, a, uh, this is what's funny, though, about this. There is no other horror podcast that I know of. That I know of. Okay. That was like, okay, we're just getting started. We're really, you know, we got we to gotta make a name for ourselves. Okay. We need to pick some topics that are relevant to the horror world. This is very relevant. So let's do three alien episodes right up front. Four. Including let's this one. Let's do four alien-related episodes. <laughs> well, which, side note, none of which are alien. How are they not alien? Oh, oh, the movie Alien. Yes. Okay, yeah, we can do that. But that's my point, is that if I were to say, hey, how do you guys feel about uh, alien horror movies? Most people would go. Yeah. So there's alien and there's um aliens. Yeah. Uh, okay. Here's the thing, Liam. Here's the thing. I'm a man who lives by no rules but the ones I make for myself. Sure. Sure. Okay. I don't subscribe to your petty ideas that Ridley Scott's Alien is the only alien horror movie. I didn't say it was the only one. People they go, oh, there's alien. There's more alien horror movies. I say yes. There's a lot of alien horror movies. We're going to do one. We're going to do an episode called Is It Aliens? And the, epi- the, the movies are going to be, I don't know if it's really aliens. It might be. It might not be. I don't know. Then we're going to do another one, part two of that, called It's Fucking Aliens. We won't, we're not going to have the fuck it in there. We'll just say it's aliens. Like, no, not a question. It's aliens. And then I want to do one on fire in the sky so the world can know we might do that. I don't know. Hey, so the thing about Without Warning, and I think this is true for a number of movies from this era, is that you know about this movie because the, cause the and by you, I don't just mean Justin Lore. I mean you, the listener, and most of the world, you know about this movie because the poster was sick as shit. Yeah, you've probably, here, here's the thing, even before I knew what this was called, I remember seeing the poster when I was younger and being afraid of it. Like, you've probably seen, um, you've probably seen the image of Without Warning, the alien, whose name is Without Warning. <laughs> I mean... Am I wrong? I mean, that's how we referred to him. Yeah, the entire I mean, Predator's time. about Predator. Sure. Tremors is about Tremors. Sure. Jaws is about Jaws. Sure. Moulin Rouge is about Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this movie's about without warning. 
You know, it's like when Shawshank Redemption gets out and he's like standing in the rain and then Morgan Freeman's like, I really miss Shawshank Redemption. I hope he, I hope to see him again someday. And then they find Shawshank Redemption in Mexico. I think you should never do your Morgan Freeman impression ever again. Not unless you want us to lose Very what true. little credibility we have. That, yeah, you, you know what I mean. Anyway, so so without warning, it came out in 1980, um, and it's basically okay. Here's what this movie's about: uh, the alien and it hunts people. Now, if you're saying to yourself, well, "That sounds a lot like Predator," correct. This movie, however, predates Predator, so it is a predator of Predator by seven years. You are not allowed. That is the worst pun. I, I keep going. I'm okay. sorry. It's uh, it predates Predator by eight years, and it makes Predator look like a fucking Scorsese film. And I love Predator. I think Predator is one of the greatest action films of all time. But it's kind of a character of itself. It's mm-hmm. kind of ridiculous. But every single time someone dies in Predator, you're like, oh man, that really sucks. Uh, Jesse the Body Ventura got killed up. Got killed up. What the hell? Just just go with he it. He got killed. And then Shane Black got killed. And then Billy, he gets killed. And you're you're really sad. And if I'm spoiling any of this, that's stupid because you should have seen Predator. But my point is, is when Apollo Creed gets killed, you feel something. You feel because you like these characters, because they actually build these characters, and there's like a, there's like a cool plot, and there's like all this stuff going on, and it's it's just this really cool showdown, and it just looks cool. None of that happens when without warning. None of it. I don't care about any of the characters and without warning. It was... I, I, oh, my God. It was... <laughs> I love that you got to a point where you couldn't even form words. I just... Which is... And I'm a very well, verbose okay, person. Okay, let's, let's, let's back up a little bit here. Without warning does not have in common with Predator uh, a well-done story. No. Compelling characters nope. of any kind. Not, not a single one. Even Jack Palance is on screen looking like, why the fuck am I here? Yes. What it what is it that it does have in common other than an alien? Uh, how did you forget this already? Literally, it has the guy who played. Oh predator yeah, Ke- I mean it. Kevin Kevin Michael Hall, Kevin Peter Hall play who played the predator, um, and the uh, helicopter pilot at the end of Predator. My phone fell. Excuse me, because I got excited. Um, oh yeah, cool. I got an Instagram notification from Liam. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> fucking tape me getting all worked about aliens. Uh, Kevin Peter Hall plays without warning in this. He also played Predator and Predator and the helicopter pilot at the end of Predator. Now let's let's talk a little bit about how without warning works. The you there is not an immediate indication that these are aliens. Basically, no. what we see first is there's there's a dad and a son out in the woods. Oh now, my god, worst like, father ever. Like most dads and sons, the dad is a gnarled old fascist. And he's and very disappointed in his son. is a fucking touchy-feely hippie who like acts like he's never fucking seen a gun before. Yeah. Here's the thing. If dad is such a mega hunter, why is his son at, I don't know, 30, like, right? what even is a gun? I'm like, wait yeah, a minute. The dad's like walking out like, my son's gayer than Toucan Sam. <laughs> Listen to the goddamn village people. I wish I had a daughter or no children at all, God. And then, and then, lest you think we're being like, like a little over the top of this, he points the gun at his son and is ready to shoot him. He briefly considers no, he, when, oh, when he, he sees that his son is reading a book yeah, and, like not, a fucking and not shooting things. Yeah. 
he briefly considers killing his son. Now, let's clarify. When I say hippie, you might get the wrong idea. The son is not actually hippie. The son is a guy who needs a, a light haircut, not even yes. a serious haircut. A he, has, he has a Hawaiian shirt on, not like, Open a, at the not chest. like a dirty army jacket or some ripped thing. Yeah. He just has a Hawaiian shirt on and bell bottoms, and the dad acts like he's literally Chairman Mao. He's like, what he's what John Wayne Gacy's father referred to as a fruit picker. <laughs> so he's just like, my son's become Che Guevara, yeah. and I need to murder him. He literally considers murdering him. He points the gun at him. He points a loaded gun at but his then, son. Before he can murder his son, we are introduced to what is the primary antagonist of the film because the without warning that we're referring to you don't know till further into the ww you don't the see the first w. thing we see are these furry fucking mouth frisbees flying jellyfish they look like metroids almost yeah they, they could but the thing is is like I, of course you see them you think aliens but they could have just been weird monsters yeah. i don't know they're not cool enough on their own is what i'm trying to get at here no they're definitely not they're they're like they're more like like they're one of those things i, I like i don't understand how they're like they're so threatening because they just they squeak like bats they're not very fast and they're like they don't like i don't understand how they're like killing people because they're not that yeah, big. They're they, like, they like eat you, but they don't like eat you, eat you. It's like everyone gets a few bites from these things and they just die. And what's weird about that, I'm not trying to discount this totally, but like if you're, let's say you're getting bit by something, you know, you're being bitten by something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that thing has a mouth. These things' mouth is not like, it's not like a bear mouth. No. You know, it's like a small, it would be like being. Um, it's like a lamprey mouth. It wouldn't even be like, yeah, it wouldn't be like even like being bitten by a dog. No. So these folks get bit by these things two, maybe three times. Yeah. Now, the things have little tentacle things that stab into people, too. Yeah. But again, none of these wounds seem severe enough for people to die. Jack Palance has a collection of them. He, it's established that Jack Palance is like, not just crazy. I faced it before. I'll face it again. God damn it. And like he has like a collection that he keeps in a jar of piss, I guess. Okay. Like, <laughs> okay. So let's back this up a little bit, too, because we're jumping ahead. So, uh... Hippie and his dad get murdered by flying discs, and mm-hmm. then it's like without warning. And so then, um, uh, we are introduced to our main characters who are four, uh, not awful but not very interesting teenagers. They're not like David Caruso, mm-hmm. the woman he is with, who is clearly not a teenager and has not been a teenager for quite some time. Yeah, uh, his friend who, uh, looks disturbingly like uh danny osmond he's very similar to one of the osmonds okay and then this other young lady who looks like she's 12 i granted she's not she's gotta be she's not yeah but she looks 12 so much so that it was weird for me and they're gonna go to the lake whatever that is yeah so they all hop in the van the clearly sex van oh it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a yeah it's a it's a it's a rolling sex dungeon and so along the way they have run-ins with all kinds of local people local horror movie tropes yeah that are just awful and then they get to the lake and of course they're attacked by the discs they find uh, a hut where the alien who we still haven't seen yeah without keeping all these bodies so i guess you also skip the part where a completely incompetent scout master oh jesus right leads a troop of boy scouts into the woods um he starts talking about nothing uh he walks off he leaves them there he gets attacked they see the the alien, the main alien, and I think, and then they run away. They're never heard from again. Never again. They're never well, no, because they talk about them. They're like, oh, these Boy Scouts. We found them. There up were the some woods. Boy Scouts who got lost. Yeah, but it does. They serve no for all intents and purposes. They're out of the movie forever. 
Um, and then there's like like what Liam just said with the the the, the couples like getting attacked. We don't actually see David Caruso get attacked on screen, which is a crying shame because I would love yeah. to see David Caruso get attacked by without warning. Yeah, they but the, the one couple is an actual couple. The other couple, this is sort of like a blind. They're like date. their friend. They're like the you know, it's like the girl's best friend and the guy's best We're friend. Being and like set up. Yeah, they're like, oh well, you seem nice. I'll go walk in the woods with you while our friends fuck down by a lake. Yeah, basically, David Caruso and his girlfriend are just like, okay, well, we're in the lake now, so we're gonna have intercourse. Yeah, and so the it's other disgusting two disgusting lake. It's a <laughs> fucking quarry. It's the grossest thing. So. They walk off, then they disappear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can go. I, I mean, I'm kind of like inclined to run through this thing just because it's so painful. Well, yeah. Okay. For, I, I just want to say, real, it, it, the guy who directed it here, it, it, Graydon Clark, which sounds like a made up name or an X Men villain, uh, it, some of the movies he, he, he directed Tom, okay. Satan's Cheerleaders. Oh, I like Satan's Cheerleaders, uh, actually. Wacko and oh. Black Shampoo. Oh. Yeah. So. Who the fuck knows? Like, but this is like his only venture into science fiction, I think. Okay. Or horror, whatever this is. I mean, the point is, is that uh, the 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 two who are less horny figure out what's going on. Yeah. They go to town. They encounter a crazy dude who believes them, but then he's unhinged. He is the most offensive portrayal of veterans I have ever. Like, I was thinking about this in the shower today. You know how in. Have you have you ever seen uh, Jarhead, Sam, the Sam Mendes movie? Sure, okay, sure. You know at the end when they come back, and they're like in on they're, they're, there's a, the welcome home parade, and that like Vietnam veteran gets on the bus, yeah. And he's like, "Welcome back, Semper Fi, Marine." And then he's like, "Do you mind if I sit down?" And he sits down, and he's just like haunted, and it's like, "Wow, that's some intense." Those guys are like, "Holy fuck!" Like it's a very really insane scene. That is not this movie. That is Sam Mendes is a very it's a very delicate treatment of what happens to a veteran when they see some serious shit. It's. It's very nuanced, and it, it, it's just it, it treats it delicately. This movie turns it into a character. Like they, we don't know what with this, with Walter Matthau of all people. Yeah, no, I wish it was Walter Matthau. Martin, oh, I'm Martin sorry. Landau. Martin Landau, dude. If it was Walter Matthau, he'd have been like, "Fucking aliens! God damn it! I thought I got live in fucking Vietnam." I can't I said Walter Matthau. That's that would funny. be incredible. Was Martin Landau. The, look, look, Ryan, Weird sounding white people names are all. The yeah, same. it's all the same. Like you know. Him, I don't know, Wilford Brimley, they're all the... <laughs> His name might as well be Jimmy Clambauer. Jimmy Clambauer, yeah. Jimmy Shamblau, yeah, I don't or fucking know. Lobert Winston Mar- or something Martin like Landau is just freaking out. Yeah. Now, we've already been introduced as well to Jack Palance, who is also crazy. So we, we get both crazy guys early on in the film. Yeah. Uh, but Jack Palance seems at least to like have his wits about him. And he's not crazy, he's just afraid because he knows what's going on. Like... He has like an actual grasp of what it is. Like right. he's saying all this insane shit, but he's not wrong. Right. Martin Landau is like, there's a strike force on its way. Sure. They're coming to get me. This whole thing they is in like is, people. This is like this invasion yeah. by Vietnamese. Exactly. Like he's like he. Uh, there, there's at one point where he's just like standing outside and he's like talking to himself, and then he just fucking salutes. Like, I mean, the the point is, is they're in a bar. He has a freak out. Yeah. There's a gun involved. He ends up shooting the sheriff. Yeah. Just because he is the sheriff's tall. So he's probably an alien. He walks in and he, yeah, he just. <laughs> and at this point, we still haven't seen the fucking alien. In fact, you see him in the distance. The scoutmaster sees him in the distance briefly. You see him a little. You see a shape. Yeah. We don't see the, the audience isn't given the alien for a while. And they draw this fucking shit out. They leave. They go with. Um. They go with Jack Palance for a while. They try to uh, uh, figure out what they're going to do. They see the 
when 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 even when Jack Palance gets attacked, yeah, you still don't see the alien. No, we don't visually see the alien until there's this moment where. Um, this is actually kind of cool when you first see the alien. It's true, but the 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 two the couple kind of escapes. They find a home. Well, you you miss the part where they escape. Uh, they're wandering in the woods. They get picked up by Martin Landau. They're like, "Thank God, the cops are here!" And they get in the car, and it's Martin Landau. He's like, oh "I'm God. on to you." And then, like the dude, like, he has a fucking gun pointing at him, and he's like, "I'm gonna kill you because you're aliens invading this country. I'm gonna kill you. I'm a soldier." And the guy's like, "No, you're right. We are aliens. We've divided the Earth into seven sectors." And he starts like talking, and then he just like sh- he's like, uh, he just like shoves him aside. Oh my god! Doesn't like disarm him. He just shoves him, and they run. And the guy he just opens, pushes him. Yeah. And then there's a chase. They jump off a bridge into the water. Martin Landau opens fire on him, and that's the last you see of Martin Landau. You don't see. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's just gone. He just like he sit. He stands on the bridge. He screams obscenities and shoots in the water, and then he's just gone. So they wander around the woods for a little longer. They come to a house, which. It's sort of like you, you're they, they, you're thinking like, oh, this is going to be like Martin Landau's house. No, he shows up at the end again. Does he? Yeah. When does he show up at the end? Right at the end. I must have stopped. I don't <laughs> no, yeah, right at the end. He shows up and he's going to get them again. And then they're like, no, look, there's the fucking thing. Oh. And he's like, oh, what? And oh, that's like, right. And then he, he walks up towards it. Yeah. Like he's going to fucking fist fight he, the alien. He ha- no, he has the gun pointed at it. And he's like, I knew I was right. And the alien's just like looking at him. And he's like, motherfucker or whatever. And then the alien just like, it like throws like, oh my God. So they find this house. They're wondering about the house. They're about the fuck, I think. I saw it. Saw there, it. There's, it's, it's, it's sort of like uh, that trope of, you know, we finally escape danger. We're mm-hmm. in this secluded place. Mm-hmm. We're here together. It's going to be real intimate. But then they never get to that. Yeah. He's just, he tries to be like really noble about it. Yeah. But the whole movie actually for like a teen murder romp is like very lacking in any sexuality. Yeah. But thankfully, because I don't want to see those people fuck. That's, um, the point is... <laughs> Unless it's David Caruso, in which case I'm, I just want to see him whip, whip his sunglasses off and be like, "I warned you." That's another thing about this movie. There's so much warning going on in this movie. Okay, okay. There's let's, like five let's, times let's, where they get let, warned. Let's finish it off when you, or let's keep going here. We'll get to the bigger issues with it, but it's worth highlighting this. We don't see the alien until she has a weird nightmare. She wakes up. She goes. She out. has a weird nightmare after being asleep for maybe five seconds, like for no time at all. She goes out to talk to the dude that she is at the place with he's dead and then the aliens like no because they keep remember they keep saying he's like did i turn the water off did i did i close the closet door oh sure, sure, you know, sure. There's, there's all that shit and then he goes in the room and she's like i can finally sleep and then she wakes up and she's like um uh tucker whatever your name is like are you there and she goes in and he's like sitting in a chair with his back turned and then she turns the ki- she like t- turns the chair around and he's got one of the fucking lampreys on his face. And then you see without warning just standing in the corner and it like hisses at her. He's just like <sighs> And it's it's you're like, holy shit. Like it's really, it's really um it's just really I mean, cause he looks like and Liam's gonna fucking argue with me on this. It's like a it's like a gray alien. Liam the whole time was saying it was a tall white. It was not a tall white. Here's the thing. It was it tall. Yes. It wasn't a tall white. It was a gray. Was it kind of white? Yes. How do you I, fuck I, with me on I this? I get that it's not quite a Nordic, a better term. Or a Pleiadian or a Venusian, <laughs> cited by George Adamski in the 50s. Or maybe <laughs> is it a Roswellian? We don't know. Or is it the Flatwoods Monster or maybe the Hopkinsville Goblins? 
so fucking gray. <laughs> That's what it was. Here's the thing. It's it it's it's certainly a And um, it's blue. It's not white. It's it's an unrealistic portrayal of a gray. Let's just put that out there. I don't, okay. It's super tall. It's really fucking giant. And I think it's so tall only because the head, the prosthetic head that they make this guy wear. Which we'll talk about in a few moments. Is, which is fucking insane. It's so big. Anyways, point is, is that there's more running around and Jack Palance saves her. And then they have this like last confrontation scene with the alien. And it's so drunk. Like, uh, you might get the feeling that, oh, man, Justin Liam are really rambling trying to tell nope. us this plot. Usually we do the plot pretty quickly. But that's because... There are so many set pieces in this that are inconsequential. Yeah. There's probably, if you if you were to map out the plot of this movie, there's like 50 different little things, but none of them matter. All yeah. that matters is we got to wait for the alien to go back to where he keeps his food so we can blow him the fuck up. Yeah. That's the only thing that matters, but so many, thing happen, so many things happen before we can get to that point. Yeah. We find out that Jack Palance keeps a collection of these little discs in a jar. He's encountered this alien before, and then when after after it kills uh, the Sarge or whatever, and Jack Palance, they, they're going to blow it up. They plant dynamite in, in the shack. They want to get it. So yeah. they're gonna, we got to lure him to the shack, and then we're going to blow him up. So... Uh, they're like, it's like walking towards the shack and then it like stops and Jack Palance is like, I'm going to get him to the shack and then you're going to blow it up. So now in, in horror, in the horror genre, there are many, many great one-liners. Yes. Get away from her, you bitch. Choke on them. Uh, spoon from Dog Soldiers. I hope I give you the shits. This movie has the worst call out line to a movie monster I have ever seen in my life. Jack Palance runs at the alien, and Liam, what does he yell at the alien? I don't actually remember. What does he yell? Alien. Oh, no, yes. <laughs> he runs at the alien, and he literally goes, alien! Jack Palance feels like he is in this movie, and he doesn't want to be, and he's probably drunk, and he's just kind of half-assing this whole thing. Yeah, so they blow up, the, she blows up Jack Palance and the alien, and then there's this weird, it ends with a shot of the sky, someone saying something that I don't remember and doesn't matter, credits. That's the movie. Now, here are some facts about this movie. Um, despite the fact that it had, uh, it had Jack Palance, Martin Landau, and David Caruso. Now, we can cross David Caruso off the list as a big actor, because this was one of his first movies. This was like long before he was, you know, on, what is it? CSI or whatever cop show he's on. Um, but Jack Palance and Martin Linda, were, they were like big name actors at this point. This mm-hmm. movie had a budget of $150,000, which in nowadays, that I, I did the math on this because I, I, I'm so infuriated by it. If that movie was made today, it would have had a budget for $472,000. That's nothing. 75000 of that went towards Martin Landau and Jack Palance's salaries. <laughs> And here's the craziest part. Depending on the sources, anywhere between 16000 to 19000 was paid to Rick Baker for the alien's head. Just the fucking head. Just the fucking head. Now, this is 1980. All Rick Baker had done at this point of note, really, like solo stuff, he had done The Incredible Melting Man. He had done some stuff on Star Wars, but it was sure, like sure. support. He hadn't done Thriller. He hadn't no. done An American War from London. No. None of that stuff. How the fuck did they pay him $19,000 for an alien head? And the, don't get me wrong. The head is kind of cool, but you it felt to me like, why did the head have to be so It's so big. 
It's insane. It, uh, oh, in case you're wondering, uh, sixteen to nineteen thousand dollars. I di- I didn't do the nineteen thousand dollars. What that would be worth today? That's fifty grand today. Fifteen grand for a shitty prosthetic head that he apparently made in his kitchen. Yep. And that's that's and it says that he was uncredited. Greg Canham did the rest of the special effects. You know the little twirly lamprey things. But I'm just like blown away by like how Rick Baker got them to pay that much out of such a and it was if this movie was if this movie had been made for like three million dollars and he was like yeah give me sixteen thousand and I'll make you an alien head that I could see but they'd already given up half the fucking budget for two people and he's like yeah give me sixteen thousand to make this in my kitchen and they were like yeah sure here's a uh I'm bad at percentages one seventh of the rest of the budget for this alien head that just makes no fucking sense to me it's very strange and it's. It, it's strange how much of the movie rests on this alien because the discs are cool, but I don't think they're quite cool enough to justify themselves. No, they're not a, because it it, it it it's sort of like when you first see them, they don't. When you first see them, oh my god, because they just keep they keep showing up like one of them. They they don't show up in a swarm. That's the thing. Well, they're well. That's the thing about them that is also weird. This will. Let's okay. Let's talk into. Let's make this transition into larger issues with what is going on here because they don't show up in a swarm because they're not sentient beings. Yeah, these things are the aliens' weapons. So this is a continuing issue with me, and we kind of disagree on this. But the idea that there's an advanced civilization <laughs> that has flown for light, just light years yeah. here. They've operated a spaceship or a teleportation or something. Okay. Some sort of technology has gotten them here. We can't get there. No. So they must be more advanced than we are. And his primary hunting weapon are weird flesh discs that he throws through the air like frisbees. Slowly. You could slowly you could, duck. you could you could duck if you wanted to. He then, once he gets his game, has nowhere to store it, just puts it in a shack. Yeah. A man-made shack. He didn't make the shack. No, no. It's like it's like a Department of Water shack. My man can barely walk or move. Mm-hmm. Like this is like you know what this reminded me of was uh the the VHS two segment, Alien Abductions uh, Slumber Party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the dogs run around. Ooh. See, to me that one was so stupid because those aliens in that one they move like zombies. Like I don't. I am okay with the idea of aliens as our monster. Unless we're talking about sentient beings who got organized, built a spaceship, and came here, then their monsterness has to be civilized. They can't show up in the ship and then be like, "Whoa, we're barely human." It's like, "Mm, what? It's the reason the xenomorphs work is that the xenomorphs they don't. You never see a xenomorph being like, "All right, let me enter in the coordinates." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can go to the planet. You know what I mean? Like they hitchhike on things or they find ways to get around. They're like clearly a creature. Yeah, but go on. I can't (laughs) cut the power. They cut the power. Bill Paxton says, "Yeah, but they're just animals, man." Sure, they have some intelligence. They but do. The, the point is, they can't is that, fly a fucking spaceship, right? Or, or if they could, that's fine. Then, then you have to show that. Yeah, there has to be a yeah. way to understand that. With with this thing, I felt like it was just another example of that, which bums me out. Which is, and this is kind of a fifties thing. Some alien flies a spaceship here, and then he just goes, Aah! yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, what? Look, he could at least do math. The yeah, dude yeah. at least did the math, you know? Now, again, there are, not to say that there aren't things where the alien is like that because it's a an animal from another planet. That's fine. 
but uh, if he's if he flew a spaceship, if he's hunt, I mean, the, this movie wants you to believe this guy's a hunt again, like Predator. Mm-hmm. He's a hunter. He's here to do a thing. The thing I love about Predator is that the Predator is very brutal and animalistic, but he's smart. He and he has works. a code of he. I, I mean, I, I'm, this is going to sound like I'm making a joke, but I'm not. It, there's an honor system to the Predator. Oh yeah, like there, he, he the, the Predator has a basic sense of morality. He has a culture. He yeah. has. Uh, he's decorated himself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's indications about him that we don't get. And, and again, I, you know, it sounds like I'm asking too much without warning was not written with like these ideas in mind. No, fuck it just no. gets on my nerves because really they were like, okay, we've got the alien thing, but that doesn't work. I don't, that's only going to work for a few shots. So we need something else. So though these discs are really because they can only show the aliens so much. Yeah. The, these discs are a poor excuse for it, it, It's a plot point. It's okay. No, it's 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 a function. It's a set function being dressed up as a plot point. Sure, that's all this is. Yeah, um, it's an excuse to not show this sixteen to nineteen thousand dollar alien, <laughs> which they can't just blow the load in one shot. And to be fair, um, all these things we're saying could be true, and the movie could still be fun. But then it's also not fun. Like no one's acting is good. No, you're never scared. Nothing gross happens in a way that's like exciting. Like nothing that you're like, oh, I can't believe they did that. Like nothing about it is unique. There's no visceral moment. I mean, you know, you said this is the guy who made Satan's cheerleaders. Yeah, that's at least novel. Like Satan's yeah. cheerleaders. But the, the nothing about this. There, it's again the most exciting thing about Without Warning is the poster for Without Warning. Yeah, exactly. And it it, it is um. That's honestly why I was so disappointed in this movie because that poster, sure. um, the poster has these like fucking gnarly claws. Sure. In the movie, it has blue fingers, blue fingers. Yeah. With nails, with fingernails, like de- yeah. manicured fingernails. I don't know. I fucking hate this movie. It didn't. <laughs> it, okay, here's how bad this movie was. It was about an alien, a gray, that was hunting and eating people, and it failed to scare me. That's how bad this movie was. Tall white. Well, okay. God damn it. <laughs> the point is is that um i think we would have to not only would i not recommend without warning but it's there's not even anything that interesting to talk about there's no nothing it doesn't get at anything it's it's the sort of thing that if we if it was what is this 1980 is this mm-hmm. movie if we had gone to the drive-in to see this in 1980 i think we would also be bummed out yes i would, would i would say, i would have fucking schlog i would have turned to the girl i was like hey uh trisha isn't it? I'm sorry, I took you to the shit movie, and she'd be like, "It's okay, Justin. I still love you." I'd be like, "So you uh, want to get the first base or what?" And then I wouldn't get the first base because, you know, why would I? This has been a low point. This is right. This this little scene that you conducted is the nadir of our business. That would happen. That is exactly <laughs> what would happen in 1980 if I took a girl to see this movie. First of all, uh, in my 1980 Pontiac Sunfire. All right, let's not torture people with this anymore. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't see without. We're warning you not to see without warning. Yeah, there. Oh, and let's let's also just briefly highlight this something Justin mentioned earlier, but it's worth saying. There are so many motherfucking warnings in this movie. Yes, you've named the movie without warning. How many times are you going to write in the script? I'm warning you. Yeah, let me warn you. We warned you. Like that would be like if they made, um, I don't know. Tremors and it was about birds, which they kind of did in Tremors three. So that's a, that's a moot point. That was a bad. That was a bad. You know what I mean? The Tremors is the ground shakes. 
there are tremors in tremors. Without warning, there should be no warning. It should strike like Predator. There's no warning. He's invisible. He strikes. Even the discs make a noise. If you were, if the, if they were paying attention, they would fucking they would, know. Oh, there's bats out in daylight. That's weird. It, they're probably rabbits, so we should at least have some cause for concern. Let's get the fuck. No, they're alien discs. I'm done with this movie. We're gonna take a brief break. And we're gonna come back. I hate and without talk warning. About Don't watch this movie. A much more interesting film. Yes, 1983's Extro, 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 Extro. Tony's father has been away a long time. Now, he's coming home. Extro has returned. Once a man, he is now something more than human. Indestructible, ever-changing, evil. His mission, to avenge, to possess, to destroy. Why did you come back? I came back for you. Oh, my God. Extro, bearing powers of black magic from deep space. If you think hard about something, you can make it happen. Use it when you need it. Extraterrestrials aren't friendly. From New Line Cinema, rated R. Hang on a second, I gotta... Oh, you'll hang on, all right. Are we recording? Yeah. All right, cool. All right, we're back. Hey, everybody, we're gonna talk about... um, We're gonna talk about Extro. Extro! 1983's Extro, directed by... Oh, God damn it. Um, Directed by Harry Bromley Davenport. The most British name ever. Is that really the name of the guy yes. who directed this? Harry Bromley, Harry Bradley Davin, Br- Bromley Davenport. He also directed uh, 1990's Extra 2, The Second Encounter, and 1993's Extra 3, Watch the Skies. Did he direct anything that isn't extra? Don't know. I don't care. <laughs> um, and now, and I've never seen any of the Extra uh, sequels. I'm assuming you haven't either. No, I don't want to see Extra 3, Watch the Skies, because the cover scares me. Is that really true? Yeah, I'm not. That that no. I mean, the cover, the cover of the movie. It, it's like a, it, it looks like the alien from Fire in the Sky. I don't like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Extro was made in 1983. Um, you, you've never seen this before, right? I never seen this. No, it um, it was uh, made the British Video Nasties list, which is pretty cool. Sure. Um, it was critically panned, but Wikipedia then goes on to. Wikipedia describes it as a cult classic because, you know, Harry Bromley Davenport probably got on there and made it a cult, you know, put that in there. Um, what's, inter- what's interesting about this movie is it came out on, um, yeah, this was this was released on New Line Cinema, which so what's cool about this is this was one of the 
pre-Nightmare on Elm Street horror films on New Line Cinema. Wow. Which is, you know, interesting. Um, and when I say it was critically panned and it was like a, considered a video nasty, uh, I'm going to read a quote from um, Roger Ebert. This is, this is, this is why I, I love Roger Ebert. He gave it one out of four stars. He called the film ugly and despairing and said, most exploitation film movies are bad, but not necessarily painful to watch. They may be incompetent. They may be predictable. They may be badly acted or awkwardly directed. But at some level, the filmmakers are enjoying themselves and at least trying to entertain an audience. Extra was an exception, a completely depressing, nihilistic film, an exercise in sadness. It's movies like this that give movies a bad name. Wow. That's fucking vicious. Yeah. That's like really bad. <clears throat> Considering the fact that I like this movie a lot more than other. Did Roger Ebert see without warning? I would love to know that. Get me a Ouija board. Get me a Ouija board and a goat. We're going to find out if, if Roger Ebert saw without warning. I'm sure he did, actually. Oh, my God. That, that would be... Um, so, I mean, l- let's say, though, um, I, I don't know that he's wrong in the sense that Extra was a mean. It's not. It's very ugly. It's a it's a mean film. It's a film that is using. Uh, I don't think it's about aliens the way that without warning is about aliens. No, 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 no. The alien aspect of the film is just a not a metaphor, but just like a template, like a way it's like a to, vehicle to tell. Yeah, 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 to tell a certain kind of story that's really about family alienation, about. Um, uh, sort of the ways that we can be kind of awful. I mean, if you think about it, all all our man. Do- well, let's let's tell you a little bit okay. about, how, about so the movie. What extra was about is um, what's the what's the little boy's name? We'll say it's Harry. <laughs> I don't think it is. I Harry. think it's like Danny or something like that. Sure. So there's this little boy. The, the movie opens up and this little boy and his this man and his father. Um, Tony. Tony's a little boy. Tony. So Tony and his father are playing outside. It takes place in England, so you know they're they're over in England. Um, Tony and his father are outside playing. Sam Phillips and his child Tony, they're playing outside on their farm, and then this like light appears, and like it, there's like swirling leaves, and it's like very terrifying because it's you know, it's aliens. They're there to abduct someone. Sure. And Sam disappears. He's just gone, and. No one believes Tony that this light came out of the sky. They're, everyone thinks that this that Sam just ran off and like left his family there. Um, so a few years later, poor Tony is still having these nightmares about his dad. Yep. Um, he's waking up just fucking covered in blood, which they are weirdly comfortable with. Sure. Like, you're a father. Yeah, no, I would not. Yeah. No, I mean, his mom is upset, but the doctor's kind of like, well, boys yeah. will be boys. His mom isn't nearly as upset as she ought to be. No, I think she's pretty. I, she seemed pretty mm. upset to me. I mean, he so he's in a weird situation now because yeah. he lives in the city with his mom and, and her, her boyfriend Joe. Her boyfriend Joe, who is American, so already it's wrong. Fuck him. It he's an wrong. unlikable piece of shit. Um, they work together, so of course it's not healthy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, their family doesn't seem too fucked no, up. No, I mean Joe's kind of unlikable, but I mean, I, I do. I'll give Joe credit for one thing. He does seem to be trying to be some kind of like. Fun. Yes. Not yes. like it, I don't mean like he's not like a. I don't think there's there's no sense that he's abusive towards Tony. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I think he I think he generally does want to do the right thing for Tony. He just doesn't know how to deal with this kid being like, my father was abducted by aliens. Right. So then three years later, uh. Sam shows back up. Yeah, and we we're gonna here, here's how this, Sam shows up. This could be so easy, like in in every other movie in which something like this happened. Yeah, uh, Sam would just show up. Like yeah, there would be a thing in the sky. Whatever. So uh, instead, 
there, you know, a meteorite, whatever it is, their ship, whatever it is mm-hmm. that we're supposed to think shows up. And um, this creature that is fucking like nightmare, centaur, like it's uh, got like a weird face. It's it walks the way that like the um, girl from The Exorcist walked down mm-hmm. the stairs. It's, you you may have seen it. There's a GIF, an animated GIF of these GIF, GIF whatever, whatever, please. a GIF, whatever the fuck, a GIF of. It, it, there's a scene where this this couple see it as they're driving down this like country road in England. It's like it's like standing on the side of the road on all fours. You've probably seen this GIF of it. It's floating around the internet. If you just Google Extro... If you just open Twitter and put into your GIF searcher Extro... You'll see it. The only thing that comes up is this thing, and it's so fucked up. So, That's right, because you, po- you post it on... Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. So um, that thing murders two people. Mm-hmm. Just murders Impregnates them. Impregnates a woman through her mouth, a la Alien. Yeah, it, it he 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 shoots a he shoots a tentacle thing into mm-hmm. her mouth. She becomes pregnant, and then a fully formed Sam emerges emerges from minutes later. Her. Minutes later, within a few minutes. Yeah. So she's dead. Yeah. Uh, he goes and he steals clothes from the other people he killed, and then uh, he goes he goes about his he goes about his business of trying to figure out what happened. Now, at first, when he shows up to his family he oh, i can't remember i can't remember but over time it becomes clear that he can remember yeah he's yeah been on another planet he had to somehow change his shape and being and he invites tony to be also a part of this mm-hmm. and so he grasps tony up in an erotic embrace so creepy and kisses him on the shoulder but he's not kissing him he's planting some he's sort of like, goo inside he's like of nibbling tony. on tony's shoulder and the way that this sort of manifests itself as Sam goes about trying to slowly seduce his uh, wife who is now moved on obviously Mm -hmm. Uh, Sam is developing powers and Mm -hmm. so the reason I wanted to get to this point in the story is that in this way the movie really becomes about a weird cruel wish fulfillment like yeah tony every time tony thinks of something awful his brain now makes it real it's almost like the twilight zone episode the twilight zone thing um, right yeah so there's a sense in which he can now control reality, and uh, it's like Proteus in the X Men. And what's interesting is as time as this moves forward. So at first, everything Sam does in the world is very biological. He's implanting things. He's doing whatever. But as time moves on, uh, things start to become very abstract and weird. It's like it's almost like uh, the, his powers are not just obviously biological and by i'm saying biological but that's maybe not the right term they're not quite material there's immaterial things there's ways that reality itself changes because of both tony's powers and eventually sam's powers um and so sam wants to bring both tony and his wife his his wife whose name i forget uh wants to bring them back to the planet with him rachel so he wants rachel and tony to join him rachel eventually is not into this. No, and rightfully so. She now what is how does that happen exactly? How does she get turned off? Uh well because they start to make love and his fucking skin starts falling off. Oh right. So basically um to uh Sam's grasp on his humanity starts to fall apart. Mm-hmm. So he runs off. Uh she thinks like, oh well, whatever, and then figures out that he has taken Tony and then him and Tony, and now Tony at this point is a mom. Like, what's interesting is as he's trying to emotionally seduce 
Rachel. Yeah. He's psychologically seducing yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony because as Tony embraces his powers more and more, he becomes this little monster. Basically, he turned. I mean, there, there, there's parts of this. You know, when Liam was saying like wish fulfillment, it's like there, there's a scene where um, Tony has a snake. The snake's name is Harry. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and he loves Harry, and Harry. Harry is not a male snake. Harry's a female snake. Harry lays some eggs. We see this one scene where Sam eats the eggs and it's really weird. Um, anyway, Tony or Harry gets out and their downstairs neighbor kills Harry. Right. And Tony's like heartbroken by this. How does Tony deal with this? He has, is it the soldier that comes alive? He, he and makes kills his, his, his toy soldier come to life. Grow to like a fully sized person. And murder. And murder his downstairs neighbor. Later... Wait, does he do this or does Sam do this? Turns the, the babysitter. Oh, no. Sam turns the babysitter into the fucking Cronenbergian incubator. There's a lot of creatures in here that I would call Cronenbergs uh, based upon Rick and Morty. <laughs> uh, they're just fucked up things. They're just so, gross, malformed <clears throat> abominations. So the babysitter, who is a uh, very attractive French girl. She's very beautiful. She's a bad babysitter, though, because any chance she gets, she's, she's just fucking, fucking some she's random dude. fucking some English guy. Which is not, nothing against her sex life, no, but no. it's usually when she's meant to be watching Tony. Yeah. She's like, he's like, hey, I want to play hide and seek. She's like, no, I'm, 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 I'm getting dicked down right now, Tony. Please go away. Yeah. So uh, one of the ways wish fulfillment happens is uh, she gets messed with by Tony, and then Sam... Uh, turns her into this cocoon for alien babies that just like spurts out these like eggs they look like gelatinous softballs so then oh oh the most disturbing part we hadn't told you yet is that one of the creatures that tony sort of spawns from his mind is this fucked up midget clown thing it's this, well that's that's what i mean it's the soldier thing that 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 no no no. the soldier that kills her is his toy soldier that thing oh. looks like a giant gi joe yes 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 but he has this little midget guy oh jesus christ he's a clown uh a little person he's a little person he's also a clown he also is very vaguely napoleonic and he's just tony's little murder friend he goes oh my God. and he murders the babysitter's boyfriend he fucks with all these people he does all this stuff so at a certain point um Tony and the murder midget, they make this goo. They put it's it in, in the this, fridge. It's like a, yeah, and it, oh. And the babysitter has been turned into this alien. It's like somewhere between a Cronenberg thing and like a, a Geiger thing. Yeah, yeah. And like a queen. It's like vaguely queen alien with the the, uh, the ovipositor. So it's just crapping out these, these eggs. And they put them in this thing. So uh, all that to say, we're jumping ahead here. But the, the point of that is... Um, eventually Sam absconds with his now mm -hmm. entirely corrupted son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And leaves Rachel, and Rachel sort of, I guess, then is, in a sense escapes. Rightfully fucking traumatized by, by what she's witnessed. Sure. But then comes home to find these awful gooey eggs. Mm -hmm. And so, and all that is to say, not just to give you guys the plot of this movie, but to affirm what Ebert is saying, this is a dark, there's no, there's no upbeat, every character is awful, what happens to them is fucked up, there's yeah. no bright spots in the movie, and yet, I completely, this is the second time I've seen this, first time was at an overnight horror thing, so, you know, maybe my judgment might have been off, second viewing, I fucking loved it. Yeah, it's a great movie, um, I had, I had a lot of fun watching this, it, uh, um, I because it deals with like uh, it 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 has like the it, you know opens up with an alien abduction so you know 
I'm on board right away. Right. Um, and then I, I like I I like the f- I mean it's obvious that they have like the, the alien with like the multiple like um stages of life that's very like the face hugger from aliens you know the weird fucking centaur thing in the beginning is like it, it's a, it's like a walking egg laying thing like or is it like i mean because it's it just like that thing doesn't actually turn into sam it's not sam it's like carrying his genetic material or whatever. yeah it's it's hard to say it's hard to say, but it, it's cool because it wasn't just like it like it, it wasn't they, they could have very easily just had like like something crash and then sam gets out and he's like oh, i'm your father and then all this like terrifying shit happens but they took it to an extra level that they didn't need to by making by introducing this like weird fucking creepy thing that just like ran around um that made it just that more weird and surreal yeah and and he eventually turns back into this creature he turns into a creature. Oh, that's true. Yeah. He's a different form of creature. Yeah, but it, his face looks the same, which yeah. the weird thing for me about this alien thing was the way that it had human teeth. Did it? It looks like, if you look at it, it looks like a mummified skull of a human. Okay. I thought it had more like dog teeth, but... Uh, they, they weren't sharp. They kind of jutted out the way here let me look at, oh so this is what's weird though is that um you're right it has more like sharp i feel like the later form of it it had more what looked like kind of weirdly human teeth regardless this thing looked fucked up yeah you know what actually reminds me of the reason i was thinking human and i and i didn't mean human but do you ever see like in like ripley's believe it or not or any of those like freak shows there's always those like emaciated monkey looking things that someone says is like a merman or something yeah the fiji merman it looked like the fiji it looked almost exactly like the fiji merman yeah like very bony angular features like uh it looked emaciated and like desiccated oh it's so fucked up um no but this this movie yeah it's it's very dark it's it's not a pleasant movie at all um but it's it, it 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 it's definitely got like a very dark tone that I think really uh I think fits and I I think it works like I mean if you're looking for like a like a like a happy movie like you're not gonna find it here I I don't agree with uh, Ebert's dismissal of it as like over nihilistic nihilistic but um it is kind of heartbreaking because it's about this little kid who I mean he dismisses his dad obviously and he wants to be with his dad and then it turns out his dad is a fucking alien. But then the flip side of that is his dad's not like a monster who's out to hurt people. His dad obviously still cares about his son and his wife who has left him for this shit American. And it, it's just like in the end, you know, I, I guess maybe you could say it, it's it's a, a, a semi-bright spot that Tony and his dad are reunited. But who the fuck knows what's going to happen? They're going to go to some alien world and become God knows what. It's interesting, too, because, you know, they never actually say alien in the film. And the the way that the bright thing comes down, that's what I, that's what I was. Are you saying it could be ultraterrestrials? Well, yeah. I mean, one of the thoughts is that these could be extra dimensional creatures, maybe even like Lovecraftian sort of. I'm on board. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I would say the way that the way that the light comes down, it sort of suggests something. But there's not really a ship. You know, it's it's, it's definitely not crypto terrestrials. I'll I'm, I'll see you there. <laughs> It's definitely not a crypto terrestrial. You are so fucking. It weird. could be ultra terrestrials or extra terrestrials. Extros. It's not. It's not called ultra. It's called extro. Extro. Extra. Extra terrestrials. Checkmate. 
<laughs> fucking aliens. Everything you're saying is crazy pants. I'm no, just saying. I, I mean, but I, it's interesting because um, the reason I brought that up was to say, uh, usually an alien, you sort of hit this with without warning. It's without warning a horror movie or a sci-fi movie. Well, it's a it's a sci-fi horror movie, and, and, and those two genres mix in all the time. Yeah, yeah. What's interesting about Extro there's literally no science in there, which is not usually what you get with any sort of... A, a no. lot of alien horror films have some aspect of science that would make it border on sci-fi, even if you could say, well, it's more like science fantasy, blah, 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 whatever the fuck you want to say. The point is, is that there's something there. This is just a fucking nightmare. Yeah. There's, no one ever tries to explain it. No one ever tries to explore it. Even the dad's explanation, like, well, I was on another world and I had to change. <laughs> Just like, all right, all right, yeah. sure. What does that even mean? To to the extent that is it him? I mean, that's what was. That's what I was thinking when you were talking about this thing at the beginning of the movie. It's never clear if is that what he became. Is it Sam or is it like sort of a like Starman type thing where they just use like a replica of Sam? Like we're going to use his DNA to initiate our invasion because they do use human beings as incubators if it wasn't for though the eggs it wouldn't even be clear there was an invasion no and and the reason i'm but on the flip side of that there, there sam still has an attachment to tony and right. if, if it was just a clone just his dna they were using why is there an attachment why right, is, why right. is there like the sentimental attachment to right. tony the other thing is um they changed the ending in the original mm-hmm. ending she comes home and the apartment is filled with sam's that would have been awesome but I guess they felt like the replication of Sam, the process, the yeah. producers didn't think it looked good. So they stuck with the egg thing instead. Okay. The egg's still creepy. The egg opens. It's yeah. fucked up. Yeah. But, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very, very, uh, very Ridley Scott-esque if you're picking up what I'm putting sure, down. Sure, 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 sure. But, uh, but it would have been interesting for that to be the suggestion that Sam, there's just going to be Sams everywhere and it's going to continue this process. Unfortunately, not, none of the extras, ec- none of the sequels to Extro have any connection to this one i like the idea of you saying that the sequel to extra is extra extras or extra <laughs> <laughs> no i mean um yeah uh, I, i'll never uh, i'll never watch extra three watch the skies because again the cover scares me but apparently yeah apparently the the sequels have nothing to do with the original so we don't know what happens to tony and sam that's interesting i wonder why I almost want to watch them now because I'll they watch are them. Connected. I'm on board. Let's do it. Yeah, you've, you've swayed me with your with your <laughs> with you doing no persuasion whatsoever. <laughs> you've won me over. I'll fucking watch them. Let's I w- go. I will say, you know, you mentioned Ridley Scott uh, earlier, but there is definitely that alien influence on this. Yeah, but, but even more so, we said it jokingly, but I do think probably some Cronenberg, like that sort of yeah, very the- gooey, very questioning of human. You know that the that the. Um, babysitters turned into this basically mm-hmm. like incubator of pain, the babysitter of, of in things. the incubator and especially sam's birth scene are all Cronenberg. Yes. yeah very because gross. they're very they're very it's very visceral it's very we're taking the human body and altering it just enough where it's going to become horrific sure especially with sam being born because when you really think about it it's just a birth right it just he it just happens to be fucking fully grown it's 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 weird too because you know reading some of the, the stuff from the director, he did not intend this movie to be as creepy as like atmospheric. Because again, there are obviously gross set pieces. I mean, when you have, yeah yeah when you have fucking the full grown alien Sam crawling out of the dead lady, mm-hmm. 
that's a gross thing. It's disgusting. But again, let's be clear. This is, and I think this is part of what Ebert is pointing towards. Every moment of this movie is weird and not cool. The kids having breakfast, and you're like, this is weird. This yeah, every weird. moment of this movie is just saturated with just, it just takes, it, it's like, I've often said that, um, that watching uh, like Mulholland Drive is like watching like they're filming a nightmare because every moment is like saturated with like just weird, inexplicable, ominous meaning in that movie. And that's how this movie feels. Yep. Like every part of this movie you feel like just around the corner or just out of just out of the sight of the camera, there's just this weird under the surface ominous shit. And that's yeah. very Cronenberg as well. Just like the, yeah. the it's just the, this injection of this injection of the not normal into normalcy. Yeah, and this it it really felt um it really felt like and it, and it, normally we would complain about this, but every character has something going on that's I mean even even little Tony. Yeah. When we first meet Tony, he's just a charming little British boy. Now granted, I have an inherent thing where I just don't trust the British, but yeah, still, I've seen the omen. I know yeah, how these I things work I out. I don't necessarily have a problem with him, but the idea that he is sort of corrupted by this power a little bit is so interesting and such a dark way to take this movie that it it, it becomes more psychological that it's not just this outside other invading earth or yeah, yeah. or about a slow sort of like gooey, you know, Cronenberg it's like your the the your physicalness is not trustworthy. But the fact that the corruption of Tony, he could have been turned into a monster, but it's like he's also emotionally and morally and psychologically being turned. Yeah, yeah. It's such an interesting thing. And, you know, almost made ready for whatever this fucking other world is they're going to, whether oh, yeah. it's another planet or he's, another dimension. You he's know? definitely, by the by the time he and Sam depart for wherever they're going, I would definitely say that Tony is no longer fit to walk amongst men. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. So, uh, you know, Extra, it's not like a, 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 a achievement of cinematic artistry. Although it's, it, it, it did remind me of... Um, the film that came out a couple years ago, Almost Human. Okay. Similar plot. I wasn't nuts about Almost Human. Right. Um, I liked it. Yeah. I mean, it's those those guys are pretty cool. They're, uh, again, I think we've talked about it before. They have like friends in common. Um, but I think this movie accomplished what Almost Human didn't. Hmm. Um, in the sense that it, again, created this like, this this atmosphere of just like, what the fuck is happening? Like true fear. And it didn't even rely upon the classic like gooey monster, like the, the little person with the makeup. Like they just, that's like a ne- next yeah. level terrifying. Yeah. Even, even the, the, the goofy GI Joe thing worked really well. Yeah. Cause when you first see it, you're like, what the fuck, what am I seeing? Like, why you, is this? You know, like, okay, that's his toy soldier, but it's kind of hauntingly weird. It's just off a little bit. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the portrayal of, of Joe, the photographer, like he's kind of, he, he's trying, but he's still kind of schmarmy a little bit. Like the, the way he's taking the pictures of the woman's foot mm-hmm. is sort of, he, he means well, but he's kind of degrading a little bit. Like there's so many little things like that, that kind of give this this like murky feel. Okay. So even, again, even, not a, not an amazing film, but it works really well. I would, I would recommend it a lot. I would definitely, yeah, I definitely say like, um, it, it, it's I, out of the two movies we watch for this episode, go see this. Cause it, 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 it's definitely head and shoulders above, um, well, maybe not because without warning was like eight feet tall. So I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if it's Kevin, uh, Kevin uh, Peter Hall. <laughs> but um, 
Uh, I will say this though, hard to find, hard movie to find. It is, yeah. Um, shout out to my man Andrew Burgertron, Burger Burgeron, Burgeron for uh, for, Bargeron. For, for for hooking us up with this. Um, Bangerang. His name isn't Bangerang. <laughs> I mean, his name's also not Burgertron, but uh, Andrew Bangerang. That's his new. That's what he should name his next podcast, Bangerang. Would it be like a hook related podcast? On this week's episode, we're going to talk about how Glenn, Glenn Close gets thrown into the boo box. Also, Andrew sounds like Anthony Hopkins on the podcast. You think he sounds like Anthony Hopkins? Um, no, I'm saying like that's my impression of, of him was very like Anthony Hopkins, like Dr. Oh, Hunter. yeah. It's because you don't know how to do people's voices. I don't. Because you're a narcissist. Yeah. Oh, my God. I am. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, yeah, Extra. So, we the, those are the two Alien movies we watched. Yeah. The one we would highly recommend, the other one we would not. The one I regret and which I could take back from seeing because it was fucking unwatchable. Um, I guess we'll, we'll have a follow-up episode at some point where we watch the extra sequels, which who knows. So now we have five Alien episodes we're going to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Side note, if you're not into... Um, if you're not into an alien creature assaulting women extra also might not be for you oh yeah yeah yeah. i I guess we should say that uh we're a very progressive podcast so we will say trigger warning the scene where um the extra when he first lands yeah if you're if you're not if that's not your if 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 if, if, if stuff like that is traumatic to you don't watch it because it is it's not pleasant it's not no it's very visceral and very uh squirmy there's a few gross, squirmy things in this movie. And if, if, if you have good taste at all, don't watch without warning. <laughs> um, if you're not into uh, flying, furry, I guess they're they're almost vaginal, the discs that he's They're very throws. vaginal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're weird. They're, they're, they're disgusting. Vaginal dente, as they say. Tooth, tooth <laughs> vagina for those who don't speak Latin. <laughs> all right. I think you sort of undercut that's us That's it, there. yeah. Yeah. So I think that's it for this episode. Um we got some cool stuff coming up for you guys. Uh, next episode, we are going to have some guests on. Yep. It's a secret right now. We're not going to tell you guys who it is. It's a secret, but you're going to like it. We're going to be talking about something that's also secret. Unless you follow us on Twitter, then you know what it is. <laughs> um, and then we're going to be doing a crossover episode with the final girls, which should be fun. I'm really looking forward to that. We might talk about fire in the sky on that episode. Who knows? I hope hard, we don't. Hard, hard to say. Because I don't want to fall apart in front of those girls because they're awesome. Um, <laughs> I don't want to fall apart. I don't. I don't want. I don't, Amy and Carly are like sweethearts. And then I'll be like, so Justin, tell me about the first time you saw Fire in the Sky. And I'm on the floor fucking crying. Anyway. Again, thank you, Chris Reject. Thank you, LVAC. Thank you, Albert Martin. All great. All great people. Um, definitely go I mean 100% if you have anything you need to be printed beer X, cozies X, go lvacx.com yeah they'll service people all over the country service people the they world. will they will help people all over the country they will uh, they can print shirts hoodies beer cozies hats uh, windbreakers uh, hats uh, luxury items mm-hmm. pillowcases um, I don't posters know, I don't know what luxury items are uh, like a, a, a pouch for your pearl plated dildo they'll print that up for you <laughs> Jesus Christ you always <laughs> gotta make it bad that's what I do best I make thing. I take good things and I make them bad hey uh, rate review subscribe download 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 check out our Patreon mm-hmm. big thanks to all the people who've supported the Patreon do we name them or uh, we'll do that you can name one, one person <clears throat> Jeff Thibault 
Excellent. You can name two people. Justin Lure. That's right. Samantha Ray. Uh, who else? Is Ashley. Maureen O'Donnell. Oh, my mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Anyone. Literally anyone. Big thanks to my daughter for only crying once during this episode. That was pretty awesome. Good job. Big up to Liam's daughter for not crying when I held her for the first and only time because I'm terrified of children. Whatever. Yeah. You're going to be your best uncle. I probably am. I'm a good uncle. All right. That's all for this week, guys. Uh, you can get at us at theharbiz666 at Gmail. If you're on Twitter, you can follow us at theharbiz666 on Twitter. Um, I mean, if you're on Instagram and you like horror-related stuff, follow me at RepairmanXJack. Uh, go on Facebook at theharbiz666. And um, yeah. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Watch this, guys.